You're listening to the Technology for Mindfulness podcast, episode 55, hosted by me, Robert Plotkin. Today, I'm going to be speaking with Caroline Castrillon, coach and Forbes contributor who's inspiring employees to become entrepreneurs. You can find out more about Caroline at corporateescapeartist.com. I'm extremely pleased to welcome Caroline Castrillon to the Technology for Mindfulness podcast. In the interview you're about to hear with Caroline Castrillon, you're going to hear her talk about all the ways she helps entrepreneurs to be more focused and productive and mindful in their use of technology, particularly in light of how challenging it is these days to not be on working, connected to tech all the time, especially as an entrepreneur, if you're feeling that need to be responsive to your clients or employees or other people you're working with. And especially if, like so many of us, you're working remotely with people where the only way you you can connect with people is through technology. So the tip I'm going to provide for trying to have some of your life to yourself during your day and not be working all the time and connected through tech all the time to your work is to create for yourself a start of work day and end of work day ritual. And when I say ritual, it doesn't have to be something elaborate or very formal. I just mean something that is regular and routine that helps you shift your mindset into work at the beginning of the day and out of work at the end of the day. So could be anything that works for you. An example for uh, starting the day and getting your mindset into working and into connecting with your work tech might be if you have, for example, a dedicated work desk to sit down at that desk at a particular time, maybe close your eyes and just spend 15 seconds getting yourself into that work mindset. You might say something to yourself like, okay, I'm about to start my work day. Sometimes people have a mantra. You might arrange things on your desk. Uh, whatever you do, see if you can come up with something that feels like it helps you transition into the start of your day and something you can do every day, very easily. I know it can be difficult if you're in a different location every day. You know, it might then not be sitting down at your desk. So you're going to have to improvise and come up with something that works for you. At the end of the day, there's a bunch of things that could work for a lot of people. It might be closing down all of the apps on your computer. It might be shutting off your smartphone. It might be, again, arranging things on the desk. Whatever it is, it's something that when you start doing it regularly, helps you really lock into your mind and your body. Mm, the workday is ending now. And it might even be also for you that, oh, I'm now not going to use tech for a while now. Not necessarily that you're not going to use it for the rest of the day, but it might help you to shift out of that work-connected mode for the first hour after you're done with work to not be on your phone particularly if you feel that very strong pull to be connected to it again for clients or customers or, or coworkers. The key thing about this is that it's regular, it's every day, and it helps cement into your mind that you're making a shift or transition into work so that you can be focused and fully present in it at the beginning of the day and out of work at a certain time. I hope that that helps, and I hope that you enjoy the upcoming interview with Caroline Castrion. 
Hi, Caroline. Welcome to the Technology for Mindfulness podcast. Hi, Robert. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for being on here. I mean, I know that your work focuses on uh, coaching and, and guiding entrepreneurs, including in their relationship to technology. This is something that's really close to my own heart because I'm an entrepreneur, not just in running technology for mindfulness, but in running a small law firm. But all of my clients at that law firm are entrepreneurs. <laughs> I'm a patent attorney. I work with startups and uh, larger established companies. And, you know, I, I live and breathe the challenge and the promise of working with technology uh, all the time. I wonder if maybe you could start by just by telling people a little bit about the work you do generally and the challenges maybe that entrepreneurs face in general that you, that you help them with before we turn to you know, how technology plays into all of that? Sure. So I founded a company called Corporate Escape Artist, and I mainly help people find fulfillment through career transition and entrepreneurship. So people that want to make major career changes or are interested in going from employee to entrepreneur, which is something that I did 25 years ago, and I haven't looked back. The things I help them with are both mindset and also the intricacies of building and growing a business. So, you know, both sides to that coin. And so there are many things obviously that come up in terms of common stressors related to technology in the entrepreneurial world that uh, inspired me to write a recent article around that. Well, I think, you know, many of us are familiar with what those are, but I wonder if you could uh, talk about maybe what some of the most common stressors are that relate to technology as an entrepreneur, and maybe some of the particular challenges that people have addressing those issues? Well, it's a lot of the same issues that I think all of us are having, which is just keeping up with technology as it evolves. A lot of technology out there is intimidating for some people. And if you're running a business, especially as a solopreneur or just a few people, it can be challenging, especially if you're trying to do everything yourself. So that means you have to sort of be an expert at different technologies. You know, if you're building a website, you might not necessarily know how to use WordPress. Or if you're looking at online advertising, you might not know what a pixel is when you're talking about creating Facebook ads. And it goes on and on. So all of that can create a lot of stress. And in addition to that, just the things that we all experience, which are not being able to get away from technology, you know, really kind of working 24-7 in terms of checking email constantly checking email on vacation. And when you're your own boss, it's it becomes probably even more pronounced because it's your baby. So you're, you know, it's hard to kind of turn that off. You know, there's no such thing as a sick day anymore. It's it's basically being replaced by working from home. So some of the same stressors that you would have, let's say in the corporate world. You know, it's interesting. I, I think about how starting a long time ago, the idea of running your own company, being your own boss, an entrepreneur, working from home was promoted as a way of gaining freedom. And, you know, now I have to <laughs> kind of laugh at that. Not that that's not an element of the truth. Yeah. <laughs> you know, having been an entrepreneur for a long time and run a business, I know that there are, you know, the, the, the reality is a lot more complex. There are ways in which being an employee can be more freeing, at least in that time off the job. Because as you said, when you're running your own business, there often can be no time off the job. I, I've heard the phrase that when you're your own boss, you work for a crazy person. <laughs> because, you know, That's right. No boss would make you work the hours <laughs> or jump to the emergencies that you do for yourself. 
Yeah, it's true. I, I feel the pull of technology. It's, it's hard enough facing the pressures of running your own business, that pull to, let's say, be responsive to a client that you might have without technology uh, is even stronger when you can hear from that client, see the text message from them, see the phone ringing from them at any time and any place. Yeah, so it's all about, and I'm sure we'll talk about this later on, it's just creating boundaries, you know, whether it's, we're talking about in your personal life, you know, using technology personally or professionally, it's really critical to create those boundaries. Otherwise, you just get sucked in, you know, and, and it, I think it's even more important for the kids these days that are growing up with cell phones, develop that discipline so that they don't lose their social skills. Yeah. So to, yeah. to tell us a little bit about maybe uh, give some examples of those boundaries, because again, in terms of how the technology has been promoted over the years, I can think going way back of so many marketing campaigns from both the device manufacturers, you know, Apple and Microsoft software company, whatever it is, promoting the lack of boundaries, you know, the limitless nature of technology as a pure positive, you know, right? That you're connected everywhere all the time, that being sold as only a good thing. Yeah. So when you talk about introducing boundaries can maybe give some examples of what they are and and how you can work towards doing that successfully when it's so challenging well what people need to understand is that smartphones especially uh, and technology in general they're designed to be addicting so all those apps are, you know are designed to suck you in as much as possible one tip I like to give is sort of fight fire with fire so there's apps out there that can help you Use your phone less, which sounds funny, but you know, there's apps out there like one's called Mute, which is really fun. It motivates you to use your phone less and cut time on social media. There's another one called Moment. So there's apps that can help you kind of get away from that a bit in a slow way. So it's not a, an overnight detox. Setting email and social media limits. So even, you know, what I recommend to some of my clients that has helped them is just to Put it put on your calendar that you're going to set aside this time to check your email so that you're not getting constantly interrupted throughout the day because it's it's more difficult to start a project and stop and then kind of get your thoughts together again and start again, you know, then than it is to do what I like to call single tasking, which is really focusing on one project at a time if it's possible. Finding an accountability partner helps as well. You know, finding somebody that can help you stay accountable because it can be difficult because we're, we're not even realizing how often we're picking up our phones and using them or even just looking at them because it's just become second nature. And even beyond that, just kind of there's a book called Digital Minimalism by Cal Newport, and he offers a great tip in terms of digital decluttering. So it's basically this concept of, you know, setting aside a month or so where you just kind of take a break from not all the technologies in your life, but the ones that you might consider to be optional, where you can just temporarily remove them for a month. And then after that month is over, you kind of see if if you really needed them. Because it, you, what's surprising is that you'll realize how much, how many of these technologies you don't need, how many of these apps that you can remove from your phone and, you know, the world's not going to end. And then slowly kind of reintroducing the ones that you do feel are, are really necessary. So that's kind of another way to do sort of a a decluttering of your technology life. Yeah, I really like it. I like the idea of a decluttering rather than necessarily a detox. We know that although a detox may be as helpful in certain extreme situations, 
Just like with, with eating, you know, sometimes just totally going cold turkey will result in you binging afterwards. Yeah. Uh, you know, a more, more moderate approach can be, can be helpful. I, I think the part that you said about having an accountability partner really resonated with me. And I think for a lot of people who are solopreneurs, you know, working on your own yes. without someone else, you know, yeah. to have a, another person who you can be accountable to. And I think there's a lot of people these days who are in companies, they're not technically solos, but their experience is solo and that they might be working from home without another person around. And so whether you're in either situation, having another person that you can be um, accountable to in some way can be, can be really helpful. I've worked in my law practice with a business coach for many years, and he's very skilled, but he also times is humble and will say to me, uh, Robert, 50% of the value I give to you isn't just holding you accountable. Meaning for those people who haven't done it, and I know that amongst us entrepreneurs, there can be a real strong individualist streak, you know, hey, we can do all this on our own. For me, uh, uh, accountability can sometimes just mean I tell him I'm going to do the following over the next week. And then when I speak to him the following week, I tell him that I have or haven't done it. Yeah. (laughs) Well, that's a great point because people, you know, it's been proven that if you write your goals down on a piece of paper and or, you know, tell them to someone, you're more likely to to achieve them or complete your goals. So so that's a really good point. Yeah. And I know you you coach entrepreneurs or this is your focus. You know, how do you work with people to help them do things like single task, you know, single tasking or avoiding multitasking, something which can sound simple in, in theory, but can be hard to pull off. You know, how, how do you work with people to help them achieve these kinds of goals in practice? Yeah, it really comes back to what we said earlier about setting boundaries and sticking to them. You know, when one thing people should definitely stop doing is we have a tendency to check our phones first thing before we go to sleep and first thing in the morning. And that's the exact opposite of what we should be doing. So mm-hmm. not checking apps, let's say an hour before you go to sleep, because it also interferes with our sleep patterns. Mm-hmm. And then within 15 minutes or so of waking up. And one way to do that, obviously, is to remove it from your bedroom. So if your smartphone's in your bedroom, get it out of there, put it in the closet or something to recharge over overnight and uh, and keep it away from you first thing in the morning. And I'm I'm guilty of it as well, but it just causes us to be less present. Parents are less present with their kids. It all starts with becoming more aware of it, really. Having the conversation that you and I are having, hopefully people will listen to this and realize, wow, yeah, you know, in the morning when I'm having breakfast with my kids, I'm on my cell phone and I should be talking to them, you know, to start, you know, before I start my day. So it's things like that that we have to become more aware of and just be more disciplined about, you know, when you're at work and you really need to get something done, turn it on airplane mode or on silent mode for a while, because otherwise you're going to be continually interrupted or scheduling time on your calendar for that, that quiet time. Calendaring time on and off devices and putting on my calendar when I'm going to do things like check email, something I've been doing for a while. When I speak to people about it, I encounter a lot of resistance or skepticism. You know, from people who say it's not possible, it's not practical, wouldn't work for me, you know, maybe it'll work for you, but everyone seems to have a a reason for why it wouldn't work for them. 
What do you say to those people? And you know, what experience have you had yourself or with your coaching clients that would address those concerns? Well, it, it is possible. It just takes time to develop a new habit. And so if you haven't tried, then you can't say it, it didn't work is what I would say. So I would try, <laughs> I would try different things because, you know, everybody's different. Everyone has different schedules and different work life and personal life, but it's all about setting boundaries and limits. And however we need to do that, whether it's calendaring or taking your cell phone and eliminating some of those notifications that pop up, because those tend to suck people in as well. You know, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of different ways to remove ourselves from this technology overload. And it's just a matter of figuring out the right formula for each individual. Yeah, I really like that idea You know, of combining some of these suggestions together. Like uh, if you're going to have time in your calendar when you're not on email, that would be a good time to turn off notifications by turning on do not disturb, right? You might become frustrated if you keep getting interrupted by notifications during that time that you scheduled to not be on your device. Yeah. And, you know, I also appreciate your suggestion to people, and I, and I hope it will sink in with them that maybe you should be prepared for this to take a while to become a new habit. It may not work the first time you try it, right? You may say, I'm going to not check email now, and then you might check it a minute later. Be prepared for it to take practice. You know, this is something that, that takes a lot of practice and may not go completely smoothly right from the beginning. Yeah, exactly. And there's even apps that where you can schedule your time on the computer where it actually will, won't allow you to access your browser during a certain period of time during the day. If it mm-hmm. gets to that point that you feel like you need that support from, from an app or something like that, there's, there's tons of apps out there that can help with that because this is something that's becoming much more highly talked about in terms of, especially with cell phones, you know, this technology addiction. I think 2019 is the first year where people are going to spend more time on their cell phones than they will watching television. Mm. It's pretty profound, you know, the the impact that our mobile devices are having on our lives. Yeah, I mean, I'm not embarrassed to admit it that I use some of these blocking apps. I use one called Leech Block, although they're not promoting that in particular. There's many others around. One thing I like about it, it's primarily for blocking websites, but you know, we said earlier you can declutter without necessarily detoxing. You can manage or limit your use without stopping entirely. This lets you put time limits on how much time you can spend on certain sites a day. So you can say, okay, stop me after I've been on YouTube for more than 30 minutes between the hours of nine and five on a weekday. Whatever you want, it's pretty sophisticated in letting you define limits on various types of websites. And I find that useful because, and I know this is an objection for many people uh, to this kind of blocker, they'll say, I need to use the web for my work. And that is true, right? If you're a digital professional or even someone who's not very digital in their profession, you have to be on your phone or your computer for many purposes. So these kinds of apps can help you uh, you know, give yourself a gentle nudge, let's say, in the, in the direction you want to go in for how and when and why and where you, you use technology. And another thing to consider is just substituting that time that you're not on technology with other activities like 
taking time for a workout or spending more time in nature or spending time with friends and family, you know, any, any other positive, positive activity that's non-tech related. And also we have a tendency to use our phones as a substitute for just looking around at people, you know, Mm -hmm. or, or even just walking down the street. People can't just walk down the street without having their head down, looking at their cell phones. So being conscious of that and maybe take a book along with you during the day, if you're in a situation where you're in line somewhere and, you know, instead of looking at your cell phone, you know, read something (laughs) or substitute it with with something non-technology oriented or even meditating or, you know, like I said, working out, things like that. And replacing old, old behaviors with new ones are, can be very helpful. Really resonates with me what you said about uh, when you said bring a book with you. Sounds very simple, but really it means you're, you're doing some planning in advance to put yourself in a position to do something other than use technology when the opportunity arises. Takes a little bit of forethought to know to bring that book with you. But once you've done it, I find if I do something like that, I'll be more likely to take advantage of, of reading that book than if I hadn't brought it with me. It takes a little bit of thought, but it, there's such a big payoff. And these days, the fact is the devices and the apps are designed to make themselves so, so seductive to us to turn to uh, when we do have a little bit of spare time that, you know, it's going to take some effort on our own part mm-hmm. to think in advance about what, what other activity we might be able to turn to that's not the device when that, when that time comes. Yeah, absolutely. I wonder if I can ask you, you know, if you don't mind, what are your own struggles or challenges maybe with technology use? You yourself are an entrepreneur. You're someone who I'm sure is using technology a lot. Is there anything in particular that you found, you know, is particularly difficult that you've worked on and that you've found some success with and maybe have had some challenges with that you could share with people for them to learn from? Yeah, well, I think, again, as an entrepreneur, your business is basically your baby. So it's hard not to be thinking about it, you know, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So really just having the discipline to get away from the computer during the day and scheduling time. I mean, it sounds simple, but scheduling time to go for a workout or do something physical, getting outside and walking my dogs. It sounds like it would be easy to just want to you know, walk away from the computer screen, but it's actually not. <laughs> so it's actually the opposite. I have to have discipline to, to do those type of things so that I'm not constantly writing or checking email or because these days as a solopreneur or, or at any entrepreneur, you can pretty much run your business from your laptop, no matter where you are in the world. That's probably the biggest discipline is just, just remembering to get away from it and, and do things outside and also to schedule time to just let your mind wander because that lets Mm -hmm. your creativity flow. And that's something that people don't realize how you can have those aha moments because the, what inspired me to write that recent article for Forbes was because my, my clients, you know, I encourage them. Most of them are coming to me with a major career transition and really wanting to get more in touch with their authentic selves and what they're really passionate about what makes them feel fulfilled, but you can't really do that when you don't have time to just sit and think. And that's one of the things that technology is interfering with because we're spending so much time on it. I wanted to get across that it's important for people to, 
you know, take a step back. And what I like to use is the analogy of the mind being like a body of water. You know, when it's turbulent, everything kind of seems murky, but when it's still and calm, everything becomes clear. Kind of like those those photos of a still lake, you know, surrounded by trees where the water almost looks like a mirror. And so it's almost the same thing with the mind, but we can't find that stillness or discover anything about ourselves if we're constantly addicted to technology and using our cell phones and being pulled in all these different directions. So, yeah, I, I, I completely agree. And I found the same thing in my own experience. I know it's something that may be hard for a lot of people to relate to in this time when it is so easy to be busy constantly. I mean, virtually nonstop from the, as you said, the time you wake up, if you're checking your phone from mm-hmm. the time you wake up until the moment you fall asleep, you know, perhaps browsing stuff on your phone at that moment too. talk a little bit to people who maybe, you know, haven't had that experience or haven't had it in a long time of having downtime. And I'm not saying that, that this is the reason you create downtime for yourself necessarily, but that having downtime can actually lead to more creativity and perhaps even greater productivity in the long term. Yeah, that's where creativity comes from. So nobody, you know, when you think of those aha moments, nobody has an aha moment sitting in front of their laptops staring at a computer screen. It's always, you know, it sounds funny, but, you know, you hear about those ideas that you get in the shower or for me, it's when I go on a walk, you know, and I have, I'm having some sort of physical activity. That's the time where you have great ideas and aha moments, whether it's about work or about your own life, you know, not uh, staring at your Facebook app. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, you know, people underestimate the power of just kind of taking a step back and it's okay to relax for a few minutes and not, you know, we're in a, in a, in a society now of doing, not being. and we need to find a little more balance there between being and doing because we're becoming human doings and not mm-hmm. we're not human beings anymore. So, you know, I remember where there, when there were no cell phones and right. or laptops for that matter, <laughs> you know, the, the world kept turning. <laughs> so <laughs> I think it's just a matter of putting things in perspective. And again, it's, it really is a discipline because we're, we're used to getting into these, these habits and, and we have to, kind of get out of them. Yeah, you know, some things are uh, coming to my mind from my experience as an entrepreneur and dealing with a lot of entrepreneurs who might not want to admit the following, but, you know, what kinds of feelings give rise to some of these behaviors? You know, fear is one of them. You talk Mm -hmm. about being an entrepreneur, fear of not getting enough business, not earning enough money, fear of a competitor stepping in, right? If I don't respond to this prospective client this minute, they'll turn to someone else because it's so easy to go to someone else online or for someone else to respond to them. You know, I I can go through a lot of feelings, but I think fear is behind a a lot of this. And as I said, I think a lot of entrepreneurs admitting to a feeling like fear is the last thing they're going to want to do, even to themselves. Uh, Could you talk, uh, you know, I don't know how much in your work with entrepreneurs you deal with with something like this, but can you talk a bit about, you know, what some of the underlying drivers might be of this, particularly for entrepreneurs? Well, I guess what people are probably most familiar with is that, you know, FOMO, fear of missing out. And so that's what, again, that's what technology is kind of designed to do is to make us feel like, you know, if you're not checking it constantly, you're going to be missing out on something. You know, Instagram is a perfect example Mm-hmm. of uh, a platform that, you know, it's it's wonderful, but at the same time, it's sort of propagating this image of perfection. 
that's not attainable. You know, people are posting usually, you know, all the great stuff in their lives, but you don't see the other things that they may not be posting that are also part of their real lives. And then there's also this feeling of immediacy, you know, as technology these days, we're used to, like you said, emails can come in an instant. So we're used to immediate gratification and immediate response. And, you know, even with Amazon, we're used to getting packages the next day. And, you know, so it's a very impatient world that we're living in today. And again, a matter of discipline to kind of get rid of those habits. I wonder if you could start by letting people know if there's if they're interested as an entrepreneur in starting to take more control over their time in the ways you've talked about scheduling, uh, controlling notifications, being able to uh, switch off their work time and be uh, more present in their personal life. Is there is there some way that you would suggest getting started down this path? particularly because the idea of doing it in general may feel so daunting to people. Yeah, I always say to start with small steps, whatever goal you're talking about, everything seems less daunting with if you start small. So it, start with, you know, whatever it happens to be in your life, like, you know, stop checking your cell phone first thing in the morning or wait an hour before you check it. You know, that that's actually a huge drive for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Get it out of your bedroom you know, that's another one. And just doing a lot of these, these things that we talked about, you know, you can, when you return home at the end of the day, you know, put your phone in a central place and force yourself to go to the location of the phone rather than carrying it around with you or put it on a shelf mm-hmm. and just focus on being with your family and, and being present with, with your family. You know, that, that's something that I know a lot of people do in my practice that works for them, especially moms who, are trying to do double duty, you know, they're, they're trying to do it all. And so just being able to come home and just, you know, keep the phone in their purse and not look at it for a while and focus on the kids makes a, makes a big difference. Those are really helpful. Yeah. They're all, I can certainly see how these are all small steps, but really significant in terms of the immediate impact that they can have on people's lives. And I wonder if you can just let people know how they can find you and reach out to you and learn more about uh, the coaching and other work that you do. Well, I, they can find me on corporateescapeartist.com. And that's where you'll find my blog. And you can also find me on Facebook at Corp Artist, Corp Escape Artist, as well as Twitter. So that's where you can find all my information. And also, uh, I have a, a handy little guide that offers the five signs that it's time to think about taking the leap, which I took from my own experience. And a lot of people, it seems to have resonated with them. So that might be something interesting for people to check out as well. That's great. Taking the leap, I would guess, from being maybe an employee to an entrepreneur. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Another thing which I think, I mean, people have a lot of really rational, well-based concerns about doing that. I wouldn't want to make light of them, but also a lot of fear. Yeah, definitely. Well, excellent. Thanks so much, Caroline, for being on the podcast. I I learned a lot from you. I enjoyed speaking with you. And I'm sure our listeners, particularly those who are entrepreneurs, uh, will get out of this a lot that they can do to take really simple, practical, concrete steps to improve how they interact with technology in order to be more focused and to be more successful as entrepreneurs. Thank you, Robert. I really appreciate it. I enjoyed talking to you, too. Thanks so much. Thanks for joining us for this Technology for Mindfulness podcast with me, Robert Plotkin, and today's guest, Caroline Castrillon. 
coach, and Forbes contributor who inspires employees to become entrepreneurs. You can find out more about Caroline and download her free resource called Five Signs It's Time to Leave Your Soul-Sucking Job at CorporateEscapeArtist.com. If you liked today's episode, please subscribe, rate and review and share the episode with your friends. And don't forget to also check out our blog at technologyformindfulness.com for information and tips about science, technology and mindfulness. And you'll also be able to find out about our online Tap Into Mindfulness course for helping you to take control of your smartphone at tapintomindfulness.com. I'm Robert Plotkin, and I'll join you next time on the Technology for Mindfulness podcast with author, speaker, and super global mom, Taru Clavel.